It's Build a Big Podcast, the marketing podcast for podcasters. David Hooper with you. This is the podcast about making more impact with your podcast. It's about making money with your podcast. It's about reaching more people. It is about spreading your message. If you want to do those things, you're in the right place. If you want to learn how to plug in a microphone or you want to learn about headphones or gear review, no, man, I don't care. I mean, look, I can give you recommendations. If you want to reach out to me at David Hooper on Twitter, I'll let you know which mic to get. Let me know your budget. I'll say, all right, go for this one. But that's not something that I talk about here. There are people that talk about it better than I do. What I do is help you grow an audience and make impact. So let's talk about this. I had an interesting experience a couple of weeks ago. This was during Rockin' Pod. Rockin' Pod is an event. It's here in Nashville every year. And it's for music podcasters. It is also for musicians. Kind of a, a mixed bag of guys because you've got guys that are coming in and they're promoting their music that way. A lot of hair metal guys, a lot of rock and roll, heavy metal dudes. Radio pretty much is ignoring those guys now. MTV... <laughs> Arguably, MTV is not playing music at all anymore. It's more of a culture thing. But how we used to promote music, we don't do that anymore. One of the ways people promote music, podcasting with a lot of music podcasters at Rock and Pod, a lot of musicians show up for Rock and Pod. It's got that crowd and it's also got a podcasting crowd. 70-something podcasters exhibited this year, a lot of people. And it's fan cast and it's genre level cast where they're talking only about metal or only about a certain style of music. I was at Rock and Pod had an experience that I was going to share with you. And then I found this clip. <laughs> this is Mike Pence at the NRA convention this year, National Rifle Association. If you're not familiar with NRA, check this out. Well, hello, NRA. I love you too. Boo. <laughs> they do not like him. And that was in Indianapolis, man. That's Mike Pence's home state. Mike Pence is pro-gun. He was vice president to Trump. I mean, come on. The most conservative people we've ever had. And these guys hate him. Word on this situation is out now. You might have even heard this clip, seen this clip. But when you first saw highlights from it, there were no boos. They, and I'm going to say they, maybe the NRA, I, I don't know. Somebody took those out. They're making it look like a big event. They're saying, all right, all these great people, they were speaking at the NRA convention. We got Mike Pence. We got Trump. We got this conservative dude. We got Ted Nugent. We got Kid Rock, whatever. They're making it look like it's a big event. They're not going to throw those boos in there. They're not going to throw the protesters there because those guys are there too. You knew that. If you weren't there, you might have thought this was a huge success for Mike Pence. Mike Pence has been in a closet somewhere. Mike Pence, you know, he's not real talkative. He's kind of a professional mannequin, if you ask me. He just kind of sits there. I don't know what he does. Clothes hanger. <laughs> he doesn't talk a lot. And the irony is, you know, Mike Pence used to have a radio show. He used to. Calling all pundits and mavens. Put down that remote because the Mike Pence Show is on the air with interesting guests, cool topics, a host whose wife picks out his tie for every show. Now, here he is, Mike Pence. I don't know what happened to the dude, but he's up, he's out of the house, he's talking, he's at a big event, the NRA convention, everybody's watching it, national news. You would think Mike Pence is back, baby. Mike Pence is on the stage behind the mic. He's got all these people watching him. He is back. Not the case. I mean, he's back, but boo. They weren't exactly excited to see him. Let's talk about you and people like you, how this thing works in our world. 
Again, I had something happen at Rock and Pod just recently. I'll get into that in just a second. But first, let me go back about 10 years ago. I was at a new media convention. This is Las Vegas. There's an award show there. Panels, trade show during the day, in the evening. Big award show, right? I don't remember what award show it was. Some kind of podcasting new media thing, whatever. The venue was massive. Huge ballroom, probably, I don't know, 10, 20,000 square feet, massive, huge ceilings, man. 40 foot ceilings, at least, I mean, massive. And nobody showed up. And when I say nobody, I'm talking 50, 100 people showed up. Spread out over dozens of those circular tables, you know, the big round tables, because it's all fancy, right? Tablecloths, and they got food there, got the wait staff, everybody's trying to make it look like it's a real big deal. Big tables with like maybe 12 or 15 people each. And you have, you know, one, two, three people at these big tables spread out everywhere. This is before COVID. We weren't trying to spread out. <laughs> we are trying to connect with people. Didn't happen here though. In addition to the award show, they had a couple of keynote speakers. That's how they opened it. Had a couple of keynote speakers. One of them killed it. The other made the situation worse. And when I talk about the situation, I'm talking about a huge room, 10,000 square feet at least, could have held hundreds of people, depending on how you seated them, probably, I don't know, two, 3,000 people. It was that big of a room. This dude made it worse. That situation, the fact that it was empty. The first guy, and remember, this is a place with 40-foot ceilings, I mean, massive, massive place. He brought out drones with cameras, had this big walk-on thing. And it was supposed to be one of those things where, I, I don't know, I guess the guy thought it was going to be like the Grammys or something. There's drones flying around. And they got the big screens behind him and all you're seeing is these empty tables. And we're thinking like, man, <laughs> not the effect that you wanted, dude. Next guy came up and this is still an empty room. Still the tables with just a few people there. Still the 40-foot ceilings. You know, I'm going to tell you who this was because if you know this guy, you're going to maybe understand this a little bit better. It was Pat Flynn, Smart Passive Income. And Pat did a great job. He's got this Back to the Future thing. And when I say that, I mean, this is the dude who's going to have the Back to the Future poster or have the Blu-ray, the DVD, watch it 8,000 times. Got the soundtrack. That kind of fan. He really loved Back to the Future. And one of the things that he did, the same big screens where we're seeing the drones fly over the empty tables, he's got this opening. It's kind of a Back to the Future spoof. It's him in the parking lot where the DeLorean hit 88 miles an hour, whatever that was. And then the whole movie kicks off. That scene, same mall, all that. He has gotten a film crew to go out, recreate that scene with him in it. Very, very clever. And remember, we're watching it on the big screen. There's an element of, man, Pat made a movie. <laughs> this thing looks like it should be on the big screen. And remember, it's the big room as well. And all of a sudden, everybody's focused on the front of the room. In the back, you hear a car. <laughs> Dude drives up in a DeLorean, the same car from the movie. Gets out of the DeLorean, gets on stage, delivers a speech like there are 10,000 people in the audience. Because there were. Pat was up there filming it, man. I mean, there might've been 50 or 100 people in our audience, but he's like, I spent all this money on this video, spent all this money renting this car. I'm making the best of this. And that's exactly what he did. There were people who were there in person 
And here it is 10 years later, and I'm still talking about this thing. I've told the story a few times, and maybe the fact that there were just a few people there, that makes it even more interesting. He's taping it. He's got this audience at home online. They go back and they watch it. It's like the Mike Pence thing without the booze. They had no idea there wasn't a huge audience there. They didn't care. To them, it looked badass. This dude is giving a good speech that he's rehearsed, 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 and put a lot of money into. I'm sure he lost money on that speech. Let me take it back to the first guy who spoke that night. He made two mistakes. One of them was having those drones come in when it really wasn't the place for drones. I mean, I get it. You hired them, but mm, it's only going to emphasize what's happening here, which was the empty room. And maybe because it emphasized that, this guy just started phoning it in. It was like the worst speech, the weirdest speech I've ever seen. And these are the big lessons. This is what Pat did right and this dude did wrong. You play for the audience that you have. This first guy, I get it. Not a lot of people showed up, but some people did show up. People like me, we cared enough to show up. Don't we deserve a good show? Play for the audience that you've got. Also, second lesson, play for the audience that you don't see. Sometimes that's on camera. Sometimes that's like me talking to my friends about this 10 years later, talking to you about this 10 years later, playing to the audience that you don't see. Wow, that happened. That sounds like a great story. Made the story even better. Talked about this a couple of episodes ago. If you didn't hear it, podcast.bigpodcast.com. That is where to get it. In podcasting, we talk a lot about more people. Got to grow our audience, get more people, get more followers, get more subscribers. One of the things that we're not doing is we're not taking care of the people that we've got. The people that are interacting with us every day, the people that are already listening to us. I get it. It's not sexy, man. Got those same listeners who always call in on your call-in show, whatever. Man, work with those guys. Work with those guys. Those are your people. Those are your people. Yeah, you've got to grow. But don't neglect the people that are showing up, emailing you, responding to your tweets. I got a guy, <laughs> this dude I met in a completely different way from my radio show. So we exchanged numbers. He's got my personal number. All the time I get messages from this dude. Hey man, great show last night. Thanks, man. I mean, I'm going to respond to that, right? I want this guy to have a good experience. Anyway, those are the big lessons. Play for the audience that you've got, regardless of how many people that are there but also play for the audience that you don't see because those are the people, the audience that you've got, those are the people that are gonna tell the people who aren't there and bring more people in. People do things with their friends. I've told this story here before about seeing Seal a few years ago. And I'd seen him a couple of times previously to this. It was amazing, amazing. This dude, big guy, stage presence, commanding, incredible. So when he came through the last time, I said, I'm gonna go see this guy. Dragged my wife out there. She's not even a live music fan. Hey, you know Seal? She's like, yeah, I know Seal. Come see Seal with me. Seen him a couple times. I know you're not a huge music fan. It's going to be fun though. She said, okay. So we go to the show and it's a light turnout. It's a venue that might've held, I don't know, 4,500 people, let's say. But that night it might've been holding 500 people, maybe 400. They closed off the balconies. They brought people down. Everybody's on the main floor, not even just the main floor. They put you in the center section. So you're right in front of him. Seal is pissed. He's pissed. And the whole show, he is bitching about how few people there are and how many people he had the previous show that he did. He'd done a flyaway. This is how a lot of these bigger tours work these days. Older established artists, they're not necessarily getting on the bus, hitting the road 
date after date after date after date after date. A guy like Seal, he's going to go to different markets. Not coming back to Nashville anytime soon, I guess. <laughs> but markets where he's popular. And they'll play a weekend show. They'll play a string of two or three shows. They're not necessarily on the bus. That's my point. It's called a flyaway. So he'd been on the other side of the world playing for a king or something like that. 30,000 people. I don't know. And he's telling us all about that show. Who cares? We are here, bro. We're here in your audience. What he could have done, again, playing to the audience that you've got, he could have said, and this would have protected his ego. You know, yesterday I was playing for a king or the kingdom or wherever he was. There were 30,000 people there. Whole country came out to support me. But let me tell you this. America, United States, this is the big time. This is where I really wanted to go when I was younger. And I made it here. Not a lot of people have come out tonight, but that's great for me because I don't get to do this that often anymore. This is a nice, intimate show. It's going to be fun. It's going to be just you. It's going to be me. We're going to keep it a little bit loose, but it's going to be an authentic experience that you don't normally get to see me do at this point in my career and that I don't normally get to do. So I'm really looking forward to it. You guys in? And everybody would have been like, hell yes, we are in. We are with you, Seal. We are getting to experience something that nobody else on this tour is experiencing. Even though, who knows? The next night, the next night, the next night, maybe there were soft ticket sales too. But we wouldn't know that. We are there, right there with him, experiencing with him. And then talking about the audience that you didn't see, that's me going to work the next day, going to hang out with my buddies the next day. That's my wife who doesn't really like music, telling her friends the next day, oh my gosh, I don't even like music and I got to see this thing and be part of this and it was amazing. And me telling everybody, oh my gosh, I've seen Seal a couple times, but this time it was a super intimate show and he really brought it. He really loves his fans. It was incredible. Now I'm a fan. That's the audience you don't see. That's how you grow your audience. And that's what I was talking about a couple of episodes ago when we talk about really engaging and connecting with the people that you've already got. Getting your social media stuff in order where you can respond to people. Hey man, thanks for listening. Those texts that I get, hey man, great show. Hey man, thanks for listening. Appreciate your support over the years. I mean, that's so great, right? We take it for granted. 10 years ago, we would have been thrilled that somebody cared about us to come and see us. I know when I was playing in bands, if I could have played 500 people every night, I would have been thrilled. There was a time, I've talked about it on here. <laughs> There's a time when I've done radio call-ins, man, when I was on the radio. All right, third caller, 737 Rock, you get the tickets, let's do it. Nobody calls in, not even one, but definitely not three. I would have been thrilled just to have a call, man. Somebody's listening to my radio show, right? <laughs> These days I can do it. Back then, I would have been thrilled if I would have gotten even five, 10 calls. A few thousand people, I would have been thrilled by it. 30,000 people listen to my radio show every week. 30,000. Is that big? I don't know. I just saw something from a guy. Yeah, 2 million downloads of this podcast. I'm like, okay, great. You know, we get weird when it comes to numbers. 2 million people. We forget how many people that actually is. Because some guy's got 10 million. Oh, 2 million. That guy's got 10 million. But 30,000 people, that's huge. Pat Flynn, when he was doing his Back to the Future presentation, he would have loved to have had 30,000 people or even 3,000 people that night. Maybe even 300. We always want more than we have. And we neglect what we've got in front of us. Let me wrap this up by going back to Rock and Pod. Maybe 700 people there at Rock and Pod. Three stages. I was emceeing one of them. Sometimes on our stage, we'd have a lot of people in the audience. Sometimes we'd have just a few. And it's a tough gig because like I said, there are a lot of musicians there, big musicians, and they're doing press junkets. There are a lot of podcasters there that wouldn't normally have access to those kind of people. 
So they're not going to come see me talk about building an audience or the stuff that I talk about here. They can listen to the podcast later. Maybe they don't even care about the audience. What they do care about is their audience having an interview. That's the irony, right? This whole thing wraps up to these people caring about their audience, which is what I'm telling you to do. But I got to care about my audience. So let's talk about Rock and Pod. If I'm there at Rock and Pod or any event, really, I've got a few people in the audience. You got to play to them like it's a big audience. If you've got a tape and there's zero people in the audience, you've got to play to the tape. That's what Pat Flynn was doing. He's playing to the tape. He knew that he had one opportunity to have this DeLorean drive him up on stage. He's got the film going. He's got the big premiere of the video. He knew that that was an opportunity for him. If not there, later when people watch the replay. I started this episode talking about what I do on this podcast, what I do at bigpodcast.com. And what I do is I help you grow an audience, help you make more money, make more impact, make a difference with your message. Here's the deal. You cannot wait to bring your A game until people show up. You got to bring your A game, your best performance, great content, your personality, your heart, your soul, blood, sweat, and tears, all of that before people show up. I used to work with musicians. Madison Square Garden, that is the pinnacle for a lot of musicians. Man, I want to get on that big stage at Madison Square Garden. Then I'm really going to bring it. One guy say that to me. I said, dude, if you can't bring it at a small club with just a few people, (laughs) you're not going to be able to work that stage at Madison Square Garden. I guarantee you that. And you're never going to build the audience that's going to get you in Madison Square Garden. So think about that with your podcast. If you're not going to show up every single episode, prep the episode, do the pre-interview work, edit the episode, post-production stuff after you've got your interview or after you've got your monologue down. If you're not going to do that, don't expect people to come along with you. You might have a few people join you along the way, but you're not going to have that impact, the money, the listenership that you want. It is about you. It is about you doing it. It is about you showing up for them even before they arrive. Even if you've got just a few listeners on your podcast right now, you need to bring it. Bring it. That's how you're going to get more of them. Don't be seal. Don't be the guy bitching on stage. Oh, nobody showed up. Or you had more people last night or how your old podcast or your TV show, your radio show, whatever you did in the past, how that was bigger than what you're doing now, how things used to be. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. They care about what you're doing now. Literally now, now be present. Be present with your audience. What is happening now? They show up. They expect you to show up and you've got to show up first. It is a way for you to build up so much loyalty and so much connection with your audience. Speaking of rock and pod, this is something you will hear all the time. If you hang out with rock fans, people will say, oh man, I saw Motley Crue back in 82. They were playing the whiskey. It was so amazing. You know, you hear those stories from way back in the day and they just brought it and I knew they were going to be superstars, ACDC. Man, I saw ACDC back in 77 with Bond. It was incredible. They were at the small club. We all partied afterwards. I mean, you hear those stories. Those are the things that people remember. They don't remember the big shows. Big shows are great. Don't get me wrong, man. But it's those small shows where they really connected. And what happens? Go back and look at those old ACDC tapes. Go look at those old Motley Crue tapes. As far as Motley Crue, they're doing a lot better then than they're doing now. Playing the backing tracks, man. Talk about phoning it in. Boop, press play. It's going to sit up here. Let you watch me collect that money. (laughs) Don't be that guy. Don't be the guy that complains. Work with your audience and bring it. Do it. How can you do it? Let me help you, man. Bigpodcast.com. That's how to reach out to me. 
I want to know how are you connecting with your audience? Connect with me. You can do it via Twitter. You can do it via Mastodon, whatever. At David Hooper on Twitter, if you want to reach out to me, do it. I talked about this. I respond to everybody who reaches out to me on Twitter. It's a great way to do it. Any kind of social media. I talked about that just a couple of episodes ago. If I see you, I'm going to respond to you. So do it at David Hooper in this social media. It's all at bigpodcast.com. Also at bigpodcast.com. Let's get you subscribed to this podcast. You will never miss an episode. I'm talking about growing your audience, making impact, making more money with your podcast. Remember, not microphones. Don't subscribe if that's all you want. But if you want to grow the audience, have people care about what you say into that microphone, say it a little bit better, say it a little bit more effectively, that's the reason to subscribe. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. That's the URL, bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. Got an iPhone button, one click. That's going to get you the podcast delivered to your iPhone. Got an Android button for you, an RSS feed. I've got a QR code that you can scan. It takes Build a Big Podcast from my desktop to your phone. It's a QR code. You scan it. One click is all it takes after that. It's easy. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. That's the website. Do it now before you forget. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. And I will see you on the next episode of Build a Big Podcast.